Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is dedicated to the memory of Malik Taylor, also known as Fife Dog of a tribe called Quest. Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The five foot assassin with the roughneck business. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat our seniors to gain some type of fame. No shame in my game, cause I always be the same. Styles upon styles upon styles is what I have. You wanna just fight for, but you still don't know the half. I sport new balance sneakers to avoid an arrow path. Messing around with this against the size of the... I never have stuff, cause I'm not a half-stepper. Drink a lot of soda, so they call me Dr. Pepper. Refuse to compete with BS competition. Your name is Special so won't you suck with the mission? I never walk the street, think it's all about me. Even though deep in my heart, it really could be. I just try my best to, like, go all out. Some might even uh, say you're shorty, uh, black, you're uh. Due to technical difficulties, Zane Kaplansky's delicious live cooking segment could not be salvaged for this program. We hope to have Zane back on the show soon. This episode of Long Night with Vish Khanna was recorded in front of a live studio audience on Saturday, March 19th, 2016. Thank you for being here on Long Night. We have a, a hell of a show for you. It's nice to see you all here. Thanks, bicycles. How are you guys doing? You guys good? You sounded great. How about the bicycles, everyone? The greatest house band. James Keese. Fish. How, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. What's up? Is there, no, Is there no, a problem? There's no problem. We're just doing the show. We just started the show, Bobby. Bobby, the security guy, everyone. The head of security. Bobby. What's going on? No, there's no, what, there's no, there's not sure, a problem sure, hey. unless you call the start of the show a problem. Did you? The guest seat. Oh, thank you. Oh, Bobby, what's going on? What are you doing here? It's work. It does it? Yeah, it's fine. What are you doing? Are you interrogating me? What is happening? Well, I thought I'd ask you some questions, or maybe you could ask me some. Well, geez, Bobby, it's nice to see you here. I know. Does everyone recognize Bobby from the front of the building? <laughs> a lot of applause for a security guard. You must be good. Uh, I'm okay, I guess. Yeah, I do. I get by. Well, uh, I actually wondered if you could tell us what it's like doing security for long winter. Uh, it has its ups and downs, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. There's, it's usually it's a pretty good crowd, you, but you do get, like, you know, some troublemakers. Have there, has there been a weird incident with you doing security at long winter? Jeez, there's been several weird incidents. Where would you like me to start? Just Mostly of it is, though, is it all stems from this one person I know who gave me an interesting perspective on the people who come here and that they're really, really, really dedicated. It was a girl who pulled the fire alarm last year, and I caught her, and I interrogated her thoroughly. 
Why did she do it? And I, I came to the conclusion, she was drunk and underage, and she did it by accident. And I believed her, but I told her, you can't come back. Next month, she was back in disguise. She was so... <laughs> We in caught disguise. Her. Yes, in disguise. What was her disguise? She had wore a black wig over her naturally blonde hair, and uh, wow. we had taken a photo of her and posted it at the front door to tell all the security she's not allowed on the premises. And yet she got by all the security. So staff. We, we do. It's dedication. She was, and when we caught her, I said, "I have to kick you out." Right. And but I admire your determination to get in here because I love coming to Long Winter. But our, <laughs> great. That's nice. Are our patrons not generally nicer than some of the others you have to deal Absolutely. with? I don't know. Nobody has spit on me yet. So. What, where, how long have you been doing security in Toronto? About 27 years. 27 years? If, if you count all forms of security, 35. What is the other? For what? <laughs> Loss prevention. I worked as a teenager in a store uh, looking for shoplifters. I was really good at it because I used to do it myself. Right. Your, your name is Bobby Ruin. Yes. Well, my real name is Robert, and that I, I share... Robert people. Ruin. But <laughs> Ruin actually is, uh, is because I used to work in after-hours clubs, and I thought, well, you know, after-hours usually destroy people's lives, and that's where I came up with the name Ruin. And I also thought it sounded reasonably punk rock. Okay. But my mother asked me, she says, uh, oh, does that stand for are you in? Because everybody had to get by me to get in. And I thought, oh, that's pretty... Yeah, that's exactly what it's for. It's very clever. Wow. So, are you in? Yeah, Bobby Ruin. Bobby Ruin. Now, you've been the Bobby doing... actually came, uh, just let me say. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I ran in after hours with uh, another guy named Richard, and the owner thought, oh, I got a Ricky and I got a Bobby. And so, we were Ricky, Bobby, and he handed out cards, and we handed the cards out, and everybody started calling me Bobby, so it stuck. Okay. Now, is there any advice you can give to people as they approach a security person to make sure everything goes smoothly? Because you've had, it sounds like you've had some weird run-ins. Yes. Well, first remember that security people are normal people. They're, a lot of them do this as a secondary source of income. And uh, they, there's bad apples and there's good ones as well. And a lot of times they're, they're, they're cold or they're dealing with people who have been overly aggressive with them. And uh, the other thing is, is they've been asked the same question over and over and over again. Why can't I come in? Why can't I come in? Why can't I come in? Or what's wrong with my ID? Or whatever. And after a while, it, even the thickest skin can wear a little thin. So I tell people who work with me, remember, it's not you. When they call you names, it's not you specifically they're calling a name. It's the position. It's not the person, it's the position. So if you feel you're being picked on, remember, it's you're representing an authority figure that's not allowing somebody to have their way. It's not that they hate you. They hate the, that position. So don't take it personally. Okay. Never take it personally. All right. Well, that's good advice. And, and everything's going smoothly tonight thus far? So far, excellent. Much better than last night. Last night you had a guy trying to get in with like a fake ID. What was that? I saw some of that. It was, there's been... Uh, we're going to stop just so everybody knows. I would suggest that everybody get or work towards getting some kind of ID that has like an Ontario... Uh, not health card, but an Ontario photo ID card, which you can get for like 30 bucks or from the ministry. Because uh, we're actually not supposed to be collecting or ex accepting uh, OHIP, OHIP cards. But I've noticed a lot of people doctoring their OHIP cards. And here's a funny tale. I would have never noticed, except that on another night I was working here, not a long winter night, the same girl who pulled the fire alarm in disguise came in, and I know she was underage, and it was, an all it was not an all-ages event. And she, showed, she got by the doorman inside because she showed her card to him, and he didn't take a quick look, and she changed the 98 to a 93. Right. So I asked her how she did this, and she told me, and then I started going through the crowd, and I caught a few other people with the same thing. Now, so, is, is it possible when someone presents you an OHIP card, they're just seeking treatment? <laughs> no. Well, if they're, they're not, they shouldn't get any kind of treatment from me. I'm not, uh, I may play a doctor, but I'm, or okay. I'd like to play doctor, but I'm not one. All right. Well, Bobby, I know you got to get back upstairs. Yes, so I thank do. you for the chat. And we should chat more sometime. You should be on the show. I think you've got interesting stories. I know you're on the show now, but you kind of, I thought you were just taking James away because he looked weird. Okay. No. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bobby Ruin. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Never had someone bum rush the show before. That was Michael's did last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, thanks. Thanks again to Bobby. All right. On tonight's show, a conversation with local filmmaker Caitlin Durlach about her award-winning documentary, Persistence of Vision, a musical performance by So Long Seven, a conversation with Jay Ferguson and Patrick Pentland of the rock band Sloan, another conversation with rapper and, and the host of CBC Radio's Q Shad, and a live cooking demo with Zane Kaplansky, who's over there right now.
I have said this many, many times on this stage, but I really mean it tonight. We have a great show for you. This is a great, great show. We are going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Caitlin Durlach. Stay where you are. Thanks so much, everybody. Massey Hall and Roy Thompson Hall proudly present three huge events in Toronto over the next two months. An intimate evening with Jonathan Goldstein takes place at the Winter Garden Theatre on Tuesday, March 29th at 8 p.m. April Fool's, an evening of comedy at Massey Hall, hosted by Gilbert Gottfried, with headliner Nikki Payne, takes place at Massey Hall on Friday, April 1st at 8 p.m. And, of course, Creative Control with Vish Khanna. Hey, that's me. That's the show. We're doing a live taping with the Minotaurs and an interview with uh, that band's Nathan Lore, as well as a conversation with CBC Radio's Pia Chattopadhyay. That's happening at the Drake Underground on Saturday, April 9th at 8 p.m. For more details about physical accessibility and to purchase tickets to any of these events, please visit RoyThompson.com or MasseyHall.com. Welcome back to Long Night. Our first guest tonight is a local filmmaker who directed the award-winning documentary short Persistence of Vision. Family doctor came to uh, talk to me, made a house call, and he said um, I was in bed, and I remember him saying that I would no sooner tell someone without legs to become an athlete than I would advise you to follow a career in film. And my reaction is more so about if I'm going to follow a career in film, like, you know, do it quick. I have, um... I have tunnel vision caused by um, a hereditary disease that's caused a closing in of my visual field. So I'm looking at you now, we're about two and a half feet apart, and I can see, um, I can see one of your eyes. We're in a sound stage and studio, so everything is black on the uh, periphery. If it weren't, if we were in daylight, if we were in a well-lit room, the colors will be less saturated. They'll be dimmer because my photoreceptors are just not uh, sensitive enough. I see a circle that would be about an inch. Um, it's soft edge. It's not nothing outside, it's just color, formless. It, it's enough to blend in that I don't feel, um, I don't feel that I'm in, in a tunnel. But I do uh, feel like the uh, circle's closing in fairly uh, quickly and um, I'm, I'm scared. Please welcome Caitlin Durlach, everyone. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. How are you? Not bad. And yourself? I'm very well. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Now, first of all, I understand you were just in Berlin relatively recently. I was. Tell us about your trip to Berlin. Uh, let's see. Lots of sausages, tons of beer, <laughs> and a lot of films. A lot of films. Now, were you there to present your film? I was. Um, my film was lucky to play on Air Canada, and it won a top prize there. And then Telefilm decided that they would screen some films at the Berlin Film Festival um, to show off Canadian talent, and I was lucky one to be there. Congratulations! That's Thank great. you. Have you often? How about a hand? She won an award. <laughs> <laughs> now this documentary explores the life and work of a particular subject. Can you tell the folks about the subject and, and who he is? Sure. So the man you saw on the screen, or for listeners, um, is Lauren Marin. Uh, he's a filmmaker. He started making films when he was 15. And then unfortunately, a year after he began his career, um, he found out that he had a degenerative eye disease um, that's also appeared with hearing loss. So over, the, over his time, he's slowly losing his vision and his hearing. So everything, it's like a tunnel getting smaller. Right. Um, 
And so he made films for 15 years and started to become pretty well-known um, and then stopped. And I met him 30 years after that. Okay, and how did you come to know of his work? I was lucky enough to see his film screen, a one-time screening here in Toronto. And afterwards he spoke and I was really um, completely in awe. And I have a friend who's in his 90s and he's a classical guitarist and he can't play guitar anymore. And it made me think a lot about him and being so passionate about art but not being able to do it because of a physical impairment. Right. And I thought, oh, maybe they could meet and talk. But I also thought, I just need to make a film about this man, right. filmmaker, vision. It just seems so obvious. Have you ever yourself been in a situation where some faculty has been taken away from you, even temporarily? I broke my ankle once. <laughs> You're very proud of that fact, I can tell. <laughs> How did you break your ankle? I was snowboarding. Right. Going really fast, my first run, first of the season, wedged my board into the ice and did a bunch of somersaults and cracked my ankle on both sides. Right, been there, sister. Know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That's right. Been there. I have a thing. I just went to the dentist. Guy pulled out a tooth. I got a hole in my mouth. Nice. You can it's, store things in there I now. don't like it. I don't like it. Everything's like hitting the gum, you know? And it, may, it makes me think, first of all, that I'm very weak that I, I'm complaining about this little tiny thing. But also, like, you learn it's a typical about... man move? <laughs> no. What is this, the Maury Povich show? Did you guys actually booed or groan there? Yeah, I just... Sometimes you get, like, a hangnail. Something stupid, and yeah. you're just like, ah! And it's so interesting that we, we can't come get over things. And this gentleman, for basically yeah. his whole life, has been dealing with this. Yeah. And is, with tunnel vision, does it get increasingly worse? Yeah. So he has... It's called Usher's Syndrome 3, and it's basically he has a mutated gene. And so it started off with him realizing that he almost hit somebody while driving when he was 16. And now he can see about a two-inch diameter. It's only getting smaller. Oh, wow. Yeah. Same so obviously you saw him speak. The story is compelling. Mm -hmm. What gets you from that moment of realization to, I'm going to take on this project? Convincing him to let me come over to his house many times just to talk to him and understand psychologically what that means for him right. and then realize that he wants to make art again and realize that he's a filmmaker and if we decide to do, if I ask him to make the film with me collaboratively, it could be a chance for him to make art again. Right. Oh, yeah. I, never th I never thought of it that way. Did, did you get the sense that he felt like he was part of the filmmaking yeah, process? Yeah, so it was super collaborative. We... Um, I, we, we discussed a lot, and then I came up with a script. It's, like a, it's a documentary, so a semi-script. Gave that to him, and then we sort of passed it back and forth. Then we started filming. Uh, we sat in the editing room together a bunch. Um, and then once the film was over, I think the momentum of being in the editing suite again, he made his first film in 30 years. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing part of the story. This is a documentary short. It's about 14 minutes long. Yes. How do you come to that decision? That, you know, everyone tends to make, well, yeah. not everyone, there's obviously lots of short films, but what makes you decide I'm going to make this a short film rather than a, a longer, uh, longer Well, project? I made it for school. <laughs> oh, okay. But I could have made it longer. Um, but for me, I just really felt like I wanted to master telling a specific and short tale and to be able to be poignant enough that it didn't just feel like an experience, that it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. And then I feel like if I do a few more of those, then I can move on to making something longer, potentially. But I love short films. I think it really gives people an opportunity to see subjects that otherwise might not last for a whole 90 minutes. Right, sure. Now, is he aware of the success of the film? And, and also, is he aware of how you're bringing his name and his work to more people at this point? I mean, yeah, he is aware. He's been to a bunch of the screenings, and um, he also, I mean, since his film played that first time that I saw it three years ago or four years ago, um, he's had a screening of his work again, and now people that want to scream the film we made together with some of his works. Oh, so cool. there has been oh, like nice. a bit of a resurgence and interest in it. But he's been represented by a Canadian distributor, and uh, I'm now that our film is also represented by. So hopefully one day they'll. 
figure out ways for them to be together. Well, the excerpts of his films and your film are lovely, and, yeah. and it's a beautiful film. What's actually next for this film? Like, is there a place that people here can see it? Um, you can rent it <laughs> from the CFMDC. Um, it's playing on Air Canada still. I don't you know for how long. You want people to take flights yeah. to see Just your film. Just buy a short flight, go to New York. It's super short, it's only 14 <laughs> minutes. Just like fly to Sudbury or something, yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's the best. Yeah. The best options are an airplane or a particular center in Toronto. So. Yeah. Okay, will it be online at some point? I hope so. Um, eventually, I'd like to just make it available for free for people to see okay. and not. Yeah. And what about you? What are you working on? I just got some Arts Council money to go to Newfoundland in the spring and work on another short documentary. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> when are you going to Newfoundland? I'm gonna go to Fogo Island. I was there last summer. And Fans it's of Fogo Island. Very beautiful place. And I met three women there who are very intriguing, and I'd like to follow them around for as long as I can. Are you in a Coen Brothers movie? That's what it sounds like. It's like a plot line. I'm also producing um, a feature-length documentary. It's about mermaids. It's about a subculture of women who dress up and identify as mermaids. Oh. And that should be coming out in September, so you can see that hopefully soon. You know who you should get to narrate that? <laughs> Daryl Hannah. That would be... Right? Well, we met she the has tail insight. maker. She has insight that you wouldn't believe. All right. For more information about uh, this film... Go to facebook.com slash POVDoc. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, a performance by So Long 7. How about another hand for Caitlin Durlach, everyone? This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444. For pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. All right, we're back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here once again. Just a reminder that tonight's show will soon be appearing as an episode of the Creative Control Podcast, which is hosted by me. Has anyone... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the show is available on iTunes, audioboom.com, vishkana.com, and also uh, via cfru.ca. And we have a Patreon page where you can make a, a monthly flexible donation to keep the podcast going. So please consider signing up for that and doing that. And also, listen to and spread the word about creative control, okay? Please? I don't know why I do the show sometimes. I really don't. It's for you, really. It's for all the people in this room who listen to the show. So thank you. Our next guests are celebrating the release of their self-titled debut record at Hughes Room in Toronto on March 31st, and they're here to perform a song from that album tonight. How about a warm ovation for So Long 7?
So Long Seven, everybody. So Long Seven. Nice job. Once again, So Long Seven released their self-titled debut on March 31st, and you can see them that night at Hughes Room in Toronto. Follow them on Twitter at So Long Seven, and you can check out more information about them at SoLongSeven.com. We have to step away for a moment. When we return, Jay Ferguson and Patrick Pentland of Sloan will be here. So don't go anywhere. Thank you. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Spotlight, Born to be Blue, Brooklyn, Where to Invade Next, and more. And on Tuesday, March 29th, the Bookshelf presents a reading by best-selling author Yann Martell at Lakeside Hope House at 7 p.m. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. For more info about the Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. Welcome back to Long Night. Thanks, Bicycles. That was very good. I like that song a lot, so that was fun to hear. James, how are you? I haven't talked to you very much. I'm good. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's going on? I don't know. I just got accosted by the security guard guy. Again? He started telling more stories, and and I was almost late for getting back on the show. I will say that it's a sign of progress and the progressive nature of this event that two guys on stage with beards... Security guard doesn't harass the brown guy with the beard. No. The white guy with the beard. How about a hand for progress, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Not the first time, either. Our next guests are members of one of my all-time favorite bands, which coincidentally is one of North America's most influential rock and roll quartets ever. This April and May, they're crossing Canada and parts of the United States. Which camera am I pointing this at? Over there? Yeah, okay, camera two, thank you. They're crossing Canada and parts of the United States to celebrate the 20th anniversary deluxe edition of their third album, One Chord to Another. I believe this is the first time anyone in public has seen this box set. I I just got a room full of people to cheer for a box. And not for the first time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Long Night, Jay Ferguson and Patrick Pentland of Sloan. That synth sort of uh, sound for lines of human. <laughs> Might be making some changes for the. Uh, I know, I was like, <laughs> I don't have to play that part. Can you want to identify that song? Okay, what song was that? The oh, one that's that The Good and Everyone. The Good and Everyone, that's your yeah. song. It is my song. <laughs> that's like a big song for you, right? That was like your first big solo Sloan kind of single. Mm, well, I had a song called 500 Up. Eh, Chris is on I, there. I did. No, you did. Chris is on there too, right? Well, that's true. Yeah, and, and Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, wrote Andrew. The, Andrew wrote the Jay, where Andrew were you on little rift? Where you? were you on Five Hundred Up? Yeah. You weren't singing Me? on that. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't anywhere. So I was thinking about you guys today, obviously, and uh, lately, because this thing is very exciting. And just, there's stuff inside it too. I know. I'm gonna pull it out in a second. Okay. Give me a second here. I'm just trying to get to get my bearings. I'm, you know, you guys mean a lot to me, and and I know that when you make something like this with all the stuff inside, the memories come flooding back, right? Right. The tears. The tears yeah. and the joy. But, and that's well and good for you guys, but it does, it does stuff to me too. Because I was, I was like 18, you know, when I used to see Sloan, I would dork out about Sloan, and you guys always brought amazing uh, opening bands, so I'd geek out about them. So I'm just, like, all I'm wondering is, like, when you do this, this is the second time you've done this, you did this with Twice Removed a couple years ago, does it time travel you back to the time, and you, you're like, oh, God, wow. Like, Jay, do you think about that stuff? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about it all the time. I feel like generally, and I don't know if maybe this is not a healthy thing, but I feel like I'm a nostalgic person in general. I think there's a lot of bands or people who make music, they just like, they make music, and then they move on to the next thing and forget it. Or people who make films do the same thing. Uh, I like making new music, but I also like going back and, and finding weird old pictures or or uh, artifacts and things like that. And making these things, because I kind of like, I like it when bands that I like make stuff like that, so uh, it's kind of a fun thing to, for me to work on. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Right. Yeah. I didn't work on it at all. You don't. So. <laughs> you didn't do anything to. Why? I don't. Not really. Why not? Because it. Well, too many cooks. You know. Is that really why? Were you Were you asked to participate, Patrick? No. <laughs> <laughs> no I swear, I sent you a text to say, "Are you interested?" And then. And I was, I was like, a year ago. Who is this? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Just came up one four one six. No, um, I think I was involved a little bit in they. There was some. Like there's there's demos and stuff. That's right, we mixed some of your older demos to put on there. They yep. mixed some of my older demos, yes. <laughs> good. I'm glad we're having and this band meeting me right now. This is good. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I want to take you back to a thing. I want to take you Wait, back to me, a thing. Let me guess what it is. Okay. Do you want to guess? Edgefest? Yes! <laughs> I shouldn't have sent you those questions in advance. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, 1995, as I say, I'm like, whatever, 17, 18 years old. I go to Edge Fest at the Molson Amphitheater, and you guys are curating that year, which was awesome. Yep. Formative day in my life, I will tell you this right now. And you guys, probably not Patrick, but Jay, you had something to do with it. And <laughs> I that's, didn't have anything. I know, I know how things work. So Patrick showed up. He Patrick was there, was there the probably yeah. barely, yeah. yeah. Okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, that is supposedly Sloan's final show. That's what I remember. It but was we didn't bill it as our final show. Did we? Yeah, uh, yes. I don't remember. No, yeah, because we played we a show the next did day. We? You we played did. in Buffalo the next, <laughs> the next night. Day, yeah. You played in Buffalo the next night, which I thought was a bit of a burn. Because I went to see Weezer on the Blue Album tour. We, we raced, I raced back to see Weezer. And I saw you there. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you and then I was in their dressing room. I thought they'd left. And I was there with Mark Brown. And we're drinking beer. And then their road crew come, guy comes in and says, who the fuck are you guys? Get out of the dressing room. Right. And I was like, because you guys had broken up. You weren't a band anymore. You didn't rate. You didn't belong in a dressing well, room. Well, you mean we'd broken up after the Buffalo show, like that day? No, my understanding... Are you saying that it was not billed as your final show? Because there was a big finale, like everyone came out on oh, stage. Oh, you know what? Maybe uh, by that point, maybe you're right, actually. I do remember that there was... I know I'm right. I okay. know I'm right. I was there. I guess I'm fun. not right. I don't drink. The guy who was in the band. I'm very sober. Clear-headed, you see? So anyway, here's what I remember. You're done, and then there's a much... East. Does anyone remember much music? They were a network, and they would primarily play music. Uh, related television videos yeah right and you guys were often there was a show on it was usually on Sunday nights called Much East and I, I think I have all of them on VHS tape because I was <laughs> sadly <clears throat> me too as well actually. yes taping myself. so we taped <laughs> so you guys uh, there was all of a sudden there was a thing with Mike Campbell and Sloan and in the studio suggesting that you guys were making a new record oh, and I was okay. blown away and it was one chord to another right so can you explain why the band seemed to have broken up and then all of a sudden we're making a new album, which is this record here. Patrick. Um, well, even after we played our last show, which was Buffalo, we, um, <laughs> we did other shows afterwards because we were broke. And did we, you? Basically, we broke up because Chris and Andrew had a big fight. And Chris was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go off and play with my friend Matt and his band. Super friends. Super friends. And then they fought. And then it was just like, he was like, oh, I guess bands fight. Right. And so, and we were good, and, and I didn't, we, neither Jay, Jay and I didn't want to break the band up. Like, no, we, no. We were both sort of sitting oh. there in this meeting, like, looking at each other, like, what the fuck just happened? What? There's no band anymore? And so, we, we were doing a bunch of stuff, and I think I, the three of, or the four of us probably at some point were like, well, let's just do one more record, and, and we'll just see what happens because we just felt like it, it really ended in a really bad way. Oh, so this was actually... This, this might not have been... This might have been our last record. 
we didn't know we didn't even know if we were going to tour for this record. Yeah, we were making this record almost as because we had our own record label running Murder Records, Murder and records. we kind of thought, let's put a Sloan record on Murder Records to try and make money. Murder Records money because you know, local rabbits weren't exactly selling. You can't touch this. Didn't touch everyone. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> fantastic record. People. Yeah, it's excellent, but yeah, yeah. fair enough. So what anyhow, that's kind of the reason we started. And then you're right. Like we didn't know if we were going to tour or make videos, but uh, it just sort of. We realized, I think maybe halfway through making it, we realized that it was really good. The record was good. So you were on, you were on Geffen Records for the first record, uh, for first. Smeared and for Twice Removed. Yeah. And then you weren't on Geffen anymore. Like you stopped working with Geffen. Uh, yeah, well we, because Chris and Andrew fought and we broke up, we were just sort of like, I don't know if we're going to do, we said to them, or our management said, we, we don't know if they're going to do another record or not, but they were expecting another record. So, but we didn't want to like, get um, caught with uh, what the hell what's going on? on what the hell what is that are there there's okay so just this so people a, listening radio yeah just so people listening understand there what are there are some hello are you allowed to speak no yes you are hi how are you well they have things over their faces Patrick can you describe the situation for people listening to the uh, situation right now I don't know there are there seem to be women on... There, are there well, primarily women? Yes. It seems to be uh, women walking very slowly uh, in the balcony area of our uh, talk show set. Okay. Well, they're looking at us pissed off, so we should probably Did anyone talking. go to the Yeezus tour? <laughs> this reminds me a little bit of the Yeezus tour. Shout-outs to K-West in the middle uh, of my <laughs> Sloan segment. Anywho... I don't remember what we were talking about. Well, how could you remember? I'm distracted too. Now, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean for that to happen. We, so anyway, we, we, you broke we up. left Geffen and then we went and Contract, then we made this record yeah. and then we went back and said, we weren't trying to bullshit you guys. Like, let's keep going. And they were like, yeah, let's keep going. Sure. And then I think they, then the last minute they sort of changed the contract. Oh. Anyway, this was at a time when, like, when Twice Removed came out, I mean, it was still like grunge era, but by the time One Chord came out, you know, it had gone from like Mud Honey and early like Nirvana or Soundgarden to Ugly Kid Joe and Collective Soul and real horrible crap. Right. <laughs> to you. To me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like those bands. No. But at the same time, like all these labels had sort of splintered because um, bigger, bigger companies had bought these la major labels, and so uh, there was a lot of money around, and so then they had all these other little labels. So. We were being offered a lot of money from smaller boutique labels. Right, right. So that's what we ended up doing. This came out on the Enclave yeah. in the States. But it, it was about a year after we released it in Canada, maybe? Uh, the, when it came out in the States? You mean? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah, it was about like, uh, it, was, it was a little while later. Yeah, yeah this album sorry. has a weird life in that it came out in Canada and then yeah. a few months. Well, it's the same as Smeared. Smeared came out. Oh. Uh, well, Smeared was done about a year before it came out. But then your, your American version had this uh, party, party off, record party on it. That's right, yeah. So we've included it in the box set right. this time because it never really came out in Canada properly. This and is a uh, nice item yeah. in the box set. What is, yeah. what is this? So it's camera two. Card. It's a download card. Oh, look at that. That's nice. I'm sorry, guys. That took a long time. Uh, <laughs> that's from, that was on the original album, Download Code, there's, but you couldn't download anything because the internet didn't exist. So there's a seven inch in here and there's this, what's this? So that's like a fanzine. I, I feel like that era of like 96, 97 was really the high point for cool fanzines and underground Canada. Look at those guys. There you go. Look at those, those handsome there. guys in Sloan. <laughs> How old were you guys around this time? Uh, like what 40? 40, yeah. yeah. What, yeah year, right. what year is it? 96, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, 27? I would be 27? Yeah, 27. Think so, yeah. Now, wasn't there a thing that uh, Andrew had moved to Toronto and you guys were that all... Was part of the, that was part of why we broke up. You were all in Halifax and he moved. And he moved, yeah. And didn't he record his drum parts? He did his, all his songs. No, he sorry, he did all the drum parts for our songs in like two days. Oh, and then he split. In a rehearsal space. Man, this does not sound functional at the time, I have to say. It sounds uh, like he was like, he I gotta get in He came down for Christmas to see his family. But then he did all of his, the two songs on the record of his were all done in Toronto with just by himself. Wow. Anyway, all right. And this is a breakthrough record for you two. You, Patrick, first big single, I would argue. I know you were arguing okay. with me earlier. And yeah. Jay, you too. This is like the first time you had a big single with the lines you amend, which the bicycles played earlier. Yeah, l yes, very well. So yeah. this is... This I think I even sang it with Dana one time on like a radio station, like at like uh, some sort of satellite radio thing, who did a lovely version of singing the bridge. What's that? I did the first part. You did, yeah, because oh, I... Oh, nice. I can't do it very well, so... Now, did it way better. 
What did that success mean for you two in the band? Because your roles, I think, were... Chris seemed to be like the front dude. And then Andrew had some, you had some success with People of the Sky. Andrew had a single on Twice Removed. Yeah. About as much as 500 Up, yeah. Right. As successful <laughs> as 500 Up. Maybe a little less. Sure. Did this, did this, I mean, obviously, and then you, if I might say, you became a bit of a hit machine in Sloan. A bit of a what? A hit oh, machine. Oh, it's a dick machine. No. <laughs> no. That, came, that came much later. No, you were not. Uh, <laughs> but, um, well, that, no, I think because Twice, twice Removed, I didn't really, I wasn't super into the direction of Twice Removed, and so, but I hadn't, I, I felt like I didn't, I, I didn't really, well, I was into it more when we did the re-release, I realized it was a good record. <laughs> you, you didn't really like the record, everyone thinks that's like your best record. People say that all the time, Twice Removed. Yeah, that's nice. We've got nine more. No, I know, they're all great, I think they're, they're, um, all, they're all just fine. I just felt like... Uh, that I felt more confident that if we're going to do this, like I, I have to speak up and I have to do what I want to do, and so, uh, and it, I think we we didn't we also didn't have a label that was sort of saying uh, we were more interested in representing everybody in the band a little bit more I think uh, with this record and and onwards. I mean we all did stuff on the other records, but it was sort of like can we let you know I I believe there were there were sort of Geffen A and R sort of like could Chris sing that song and not. The other guy and like, right, they couldn't tell your voices apart. Oh, no, it was more like well. Oh, they wanted could Chris, Chris sing "People of the Sky." They want like Chris that. to be the front guy. Yeah. They like one front guy. That kind which of which would have been better probably. And in in, you know, like the most successful bands don't have four singers. Right, like the Beatles. Yeah, but you, that's one band <laughs> out of like a bazillion bands. And Kiss, Kiss is another band. But you can't count Ringo and Peter Chris. Like you can't count Ringo and, and Peter, Peter Chris. Why not? Well, because they weren't the main. Like, what all does that make me? Who Ringo? sings? Who no. sings? Who, who sings? Uh, Beth. Who sings what? I know, and it was their biggest hit. I get it. Beth, the song Beth yeah. by the Beatles. Um, when? Okay. Can we get back on track, please? Sorry, I've I've shown people some stuff from the record. Uh, when does yeah. this thing actually? This is true, right? No one's seen this thing. It's, it's no, no, no. I just, haven't even seen it. Like, yeah, this, we just got. I'm not week. surprised that you haven't seen it. No, but me. I was at the I was at our rehearsal space <laughs> earlier in the week, and I saw a whole big pile of these. And I didn't open it up. <laughs> when? I, when well, is not because I didn't care. When will it be available for uh, pre-order, Jay? Uh, I think maybe. Uh, just like just before Easter or just after Easter, somewhere around there. So okay. in the next week or two, basically. This is amazing. That's great. Now, yeah, you guys did these uh, album-based and evening with Sloan shows for Twice Removed, right? That's right. You yeah. play the record, yep. and then you play some, some collection of uh, hits, and you're doing that again for this tour. What is the best and worst part about playing an album in sequence live? I'm just curious, because I, I, I I'm conflicted about it in that I don't like those shows. Generally, <laughs> I, I saw your Twice really? Removed show and it was awesome. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. The River, Bruce Springsteen the other day. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And both very dynamic records. I just don't like knowing exactly what's going to happen. That's my thing. I'm, I, I got to get over it because everyone's doing it all the time. I know what you mean. And I feel like it's kind of fun. Like, I, I oh. actually like, I mean, you could make an argument, I guess, either way. I remember seeing the Pet Sound show, the one right, Brian and you knew, years ago. You knew everything. It was just a little bit exciting. Like, you know what's coming and it's, I don't know. Do, maybe, I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't like surprises, basically. But what about playing a record in sequence every night? Because you had that experience with Twice Removed. What was that like for you, Patrick? Well, it, it was a bit weird in that normally when we do shows, nobody sings twice in a row, right. except for Andrew, because he's got to come from behind the drums. So, uh, so it's, it, it can be weird. It, oddly, it's weird for me to sing two songs in a row. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So, But I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. And... Um, uh, but I know what you mean. Like I went to see the Mary Chain do Psycho Candy, and I love that record. But after about, because they played, I mean that record's like quite long. Yeah. And I didn't realize for some reason, and I was sort of like, okay, great, but like, do we have to have every song on the record? <laughs> um, and I love the record. But anyway, um, I know what you mean. But uh, but uh, one chord is not that long, so it's and it's uh, it's it falls into that category of a great live. It, it has it could we be do, a great live record, right? Because we it, do most we do about half the record live anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big record for you guys. Like, yeah. It's fair to say like this was the beginning of a, a different chapter in Sloan. Yeah, that, to me, in my mind, I don't mean to hog this, but um, uh, th this is kind of the first real Sloan record in my mind. Yeah. The first two, which I, I like them both a lot, but they don't, like, this is when we became Sloan. Yeah. yeah. And this started, a like, this was probably the 
getting to the peak of your popularity, probably, right? It, uh, I think, yeah, it's perhaps our... <laughs> it's been a downhill yeah, slide. No, 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 no. Since, no, don't do that. Don't take it the other no, way. No, it I wasn't trying to disparage you. No, I, but it, You but even wrote all this shit out, and you didn't see that that might be... I did think of it <laughs> as I was saying it, but I just went, I go, I just go. It's going to keep coming out. That's how I go. But no, you're right. It is like the beginning of the real Sloan. It's like making, it's very uh, democratic and we made it on yeah. our own with our own money and that's kind of the way we've generally made most and of our records. And we haven't veered yeah. that much from the sound of it, really. I mean, yeah. some songs here and there, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a rock record. Uh, yeah. And, and it, I think it's also one that we didn't really, we were concerned about having songs on the radio, I guess, but we, we didn't really um, think about it too much. We just sort of did what we did. Right. You know? Well, I want to say again, Sloan will be touring across Canada in April and May in support of the 20th anniversary deluxe edition of One Chord to Another, which I guess you'll be, it'll be out next week or the week after, just around Christmas or Easter. I get those confused all the time. <sighs> Jesus. Um, they, both, they, involve, they both involve Jesus. I know, he's dying, he's being born. It's very confusing. I get confused. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think this outro would include a shout out to Jesus at the end there. I don't think it did. I think it uh, maybe a... it was the opposite, yeah. <laughs> You can keep tabs on Sloan at sloanmusic.com and on Twitter at Sloan Music. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, a chat with the host of Q. Shad is in the house. One more time, Jay and Patrick of Sloan. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey Guelph, mark your calendars because Kazoo Fest is coming up from April 6th to the 10th. Kazoo is dedicated to showcasing emerging musicians and artists, and this year's fest includes such amazing acts as Chris Dirksen, Luca, Mauno, Matt Manugian, Julie Duaron, Chad Van Galen, Map Eyes, Jonathan Gatt, and so, so much more. Kazoo Fest will be taking place in various locations in downtown Guelph, and festival passes cost $55 plus taxes and can be picked up at the bookshelf, which is 41 Quebec Street, and ticketbreak.com. You can also get tickets at the door if you're early enough. For a full list of performers, venues, and accessibility information, check out kazookazoo.ca. That's Kazoo Fest, happening April 6th to the 10th in downtown Guelph. Kazoo Fest is made possible thanks to the help of our sponsors, including CFRU 93.3 FM, Cornerstone, Wellington Brewery, Ontario Arts Council, City of Guelph, and the Department of Canadian Heritage. We're back on Long Night. Thanks for being here. I, I want to mention a few things uh, very quickly. Our next episode of Long Night takes place at the Transac in Toronto on April 8th. I know Long Winter's done, but the show just keeps going. It's like a monster. So, but it's good. We like the show. What? Long I'm Night. sorry, I wasn't listening. Oh, God. <laughs> April 8th as a presentation of Spurfest. Uh, that's who's taking us on. Our guests that night will be Hadani Ditmars, Dr. Karis Mazzarella, and Omar Musa. Then the next night, April 9th, Massey Hall presents a live taping of the Creative Control Show uh, at the Drake Underground in Toronto at 8 p.m. featuring interviews with CBC Radio 1 host Pia Chattopadhyay and Nathan Lore of the Minotaurs. And then, between May 4th and 8th, Long Night travels to St. John's, Newfoundland. Road trip, and then a boat and planes for a live taping at the Rocket Room at the Lanya Vanya Festival. So we're very stoked to go back there. Oh, and I'm also very happy to announce that the uh, Long Winter Festival will be returning this November for our 2016-2017 season. Thanks to all of you for supporting this thing. All right, our next guest is a fantastic Juno Award-winning hip-hop artist, and he's also the host of the popular CBC Radio 1 show, Q, which airs every weekday morning across Canada. Please make some noise for the one and only Shad. Chad, thank you so much for being on the show. Gladly. How you Gladly. doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm enjoying my Saturday. I uh, had some good food, uh, Kitty Corner from here. <laughs> I'm feeling good. What'd you eat? Uh, what I had? I had some uh, Brussels sprouts. 
They don't. So that doesn't sound good. No, but they make good. them really good over there. Good Sun. You can talk about the place. You know, are you afraid about plugging them? Oh or? yeah, yeah, no, Good Sun. Uh, oh, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought sun. you were just like I'm being a good son. Oh no, no. no. It's nice to. I'm sorry. I'm a dad now. I'm just. I, I, I get confused about who's How's even Levon? in charge. Levon's good. Good. Ramona's great. Good. Do you know that I have cufflinks that say R and L on them? Oh, nice. Which, yeah, but it also left and right. I didn't even clue in. <laughs> that might one my wife. You know what I mean? I didn't even think of that. It took me so long to learn my left from my right. I know, this is great. I hate, yeah. I hate cufflinks, but this is fun. I like that I have L and R. All right. <laughs> Do you know how I learned? Can I tell uh, you yes. this story before we get yeah, started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from shooting a basketball. I didn't... And I still do that. If someone's driving me home, they're like, should I turn right or I go like that really quickly. You do a little? A little shot. <laughs> I know that's my right hand. <laughs> yeah. You have to do that still. I still point. do it. People can't see it because I'll, I'll just be down here or something. But I'm like, yeah, left. But what if, like, what if the turn is way off in the distance? Do you have to do a three? Like, do you have to do it, like, put a little more mustard on it? <laughs> Run. <and laughs> that's right. Yeah. You have lived in, uh, you're from London, Ontario. Yes. And then you lived in Vancouver, British Columbia, Correct. and now you're living in Toronto. What do you like about Toronto? It makes sense to me. In Explain. That, uh, in that, see, in Vancouver, uh, you know, people knew how to do stuff, like, outside. And I didn't grow up learning how to do anything outside. Oh, right. So it just didn't make sense to me. People were like, you want to go, like, climb a mountain? I'm like, oh, no, of course not. <laughs> Right. Of course not. No, like, you, why would you want to do why that? Why would you want to do no, that? No, it's cold outside. It's, it's cold. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, where's the mountain? Yeah, like all of it. Yeah. yeah, so in London, Ontario, the highest elevation is 60 meters. Right. So we don't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that. Yeah. So Toronto... So the Toronto, the things that you do, it all, it all makes sense to me. It's flat. You want to see your friends. You just see them, and you, you don't do strenuous things with them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of my uh, favorite things about Toronto is uh, not living here. Do you have a favorite or least favorite thing about Toronto? Uh, least favorite is just the hot garbage, that, the smell that hits you periodically when you don't expect it. Right. You're just walking down the street and it's like getting slapped and you just, you're like, why did I have to breathe in at that moment? Yeah. That's, so the, the, you didn't explain. Well, Vancouver's got a lot of that hot garbage. No, it? not hot a lot less garbage. hot garbage. And it, the fresh air is a real thing. I realized when yeah, I went there. Right, I yeah. thought that was just a thing that yeah. annoying people said. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's real. I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The hot garbage in Toronto is pretty rough. Yeah. But you're adjusting. You're liking it here. I'm adjusting. I like it. Um, my sister lives around the corner with her little family, so that's it's great to be like right by them and. Do you know that my little son, uh, you do know this, he knows one of your songs off by heart, Rose Garden. Isn't that I nice? I like that kid. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, my little boy. How about a, how about a cheer for <laughs> Levon? Left. Left. Yeah, he, I sent you that video, and, and uh, he doesn't remember it now. He's really into the Beastie Boys right now. Okay, nice. So, uh, and I'm hoping... He's very musical. Yeah, he likes music. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I, don't, I think I'm leading him astray. Because look what I've amounted to following my <laughs> musical dreams. I'm, look at that. I don't even have a real desk anymore. My desk keeps going missing. It's frustrating. Anyway, uh, how are things going on Q for you? Great. It's crazy. Every day is wild and fun. And it's, it's yeah, super interesting, you know? What are some of the main... Oh, James, you're going to say something? Do you need a sidekick? I could use a sidekick, I'm, honestly. I'm just saying. I've thought that from the beginning. I can make myself available. It's a big... I have experience. Okay. I can deal with ornery hosts. Look, uh, I am right good. here. I'm right Sorry. here. I, I know Sorry. that we're having this contract renegotiation thing. I, I just don't think you should bring it to the show. Don't bring tonight, it to the show. So. I just think it's not fair for you to bring I it to the show. I just thought I'd ask. He's here. I, I could use his sidekick. And this, another I voice. could use a sidekick. It's a big um, I don't, empty studio. It's got to get lonely. I don't think it gets lonely. Is... Actually, one comedian came in and it's big and it's dark, but there's like this purple and pink Guys, lighting. Guys, please. Sorry. I don't. I don't want to lose James. I don't want to take him. That's not what I want to talk about. I, I was just gonna say the comedian came in and because it was dark with a little purple and pink accent lighting, he's like, oh, it's like a big sad nightclub. <laughs> With just you sitting. Just me, like, all right. It's, uh... See, we could have... Less uh, lonely. Yeah, I, I, could, think I could see it. that. What have been uh, some yeah. of the uh, obstacles to become this uh, daily host and interviewer? This is new yeah. to you. The, the, the biggest obstacle is uh, that it never stops, Vish. It's just yeah. like, you know, you interview Spike Lee, and you're like, that was great, and then you look at the board, and it's just full of 
whoever the hell. Spike Lee again for some reason. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just like it never. He won't I'm, stop. <laughs> he won't stop coming here with his movies. You just made a movie. Now there's a documentary. Good lord. Yeah, that's what I'd say if I saw Spike. No, but uh, like, I, I'm used to. I'm used to with music. It's like you work and do a bunch of stuff, and yeah. go on the road, then you stop, and you do nothing for a while. There's no doing nothing. It just... Do you have favorite interviewers, like people that inspire? Because you and I have talked over yeah. the years a lot about hip-hop that's inspired you. Do you yeah. have people that you look up to in terms of interviewing? I don't know about, uh, like, admire, look up to, as much as, like, I'm really entertained. You know, actually, you know who I like? I like uh, that Ebro. Hot 97. Hot 97. Nice. Okay. I like Ebro. He has a real point of view and Sway. You know, yeah. of course, you have to love Sway. But Ebro has that real point of view when it comes to hip hop. And he's just like, no, he's like a real kind of, I don't know. I, I, I just respect that. I, I enjoy that. Okay. But um, yeah. And so does, do you take what you learn from seeing an interview and apply it somehow? I don't even think I'm at that level yet where I, I can do that, <laughs> apply what I see. Yeah. I just kind of enjoy. I like I like watching uh, some other guys too, but more more like I would never apply their approach because it's very different from mine. Right. But I do enjoy them. Now you you have faced some criticism in your role as the mm -hmm. host. Like how instructive is that? Like that's gotta be hard. I can't yeah. even imagine that. You know the 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 funny thing is because it never stops. Like, By the because way, I have to keep doing it. Yeah. I actually don't really read the criticism. You don't, no one says anything like... They, no, no, I know it's there. You know, you know it's, there, it's there, yeah. But I don't take it in because I have to do it like in an hour. Right. You know, so it's like, oh man, I can't read that because I got to do this thing in like an hour. But it's do you get feedback about like your performance and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I got to do this. Okay, yeah. I get it, I get it. Like, do you have to deal with that stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. But the thing with that is uh, there's only so much, you know how it is, there's only so much you can get better at it at a time. You gotta kind of well, pick one thing at a time. Every interview is a snowflake. Every interview, every interview is, is a, a, snowflake. a snowflake. That's a thing I just made up. No, they're all different, right? Like, they so, are. So yeah. applying a, a, a template to ev the same template to every interview, that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Because people are gonna say something, you have to react to it. Exactly. Right. You so just, you, at, the, at bottom, you know how it is. You just gotta be present. And now you come from hip hop culture. It's very competitive. There's a lot of people being like, you suck. Does that toughen you? Yeah. In becoming a broadcaster, like yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I know I suck. You said that. I, I've heard that before. It's okay. I'm not. I don't suck. I'm really good. Like, do you to be to, to be honest, I think it does. I think it does because yeah. hip hop is like 50% music, 50% sport. Right. And so you know when you're kind of used to that element of it, uh, I, I think it it has toughened me up to a great extent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing a good job. I mean, Thank don't you. don't just listen to me. Don't listen to anybody else. I know what I'm talking about. I have a microphone right now. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, many people here tonight are probably wondering how someone becomes a guest host on Q, um, particularly people who are currently sitting behind this desk. Uh, can I give you... That's I guess my, my, really my question here is... How okay, I know, I know. I'm on. being silly. Uh, let me get serious. My question, my actual question here is, can I give you my resume? Yeah, of course. Okay, I have it here. I asked first, remember. Yeah, I have it right here. It's... There it is. Okay. So, I don't know if... Uh, Damn, that's your real resume. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's not really... Yeah. That's awesome. It's my resume. It has more things on it than mine. Mine is just like wrapped in then this thing. <laughs> I tried I to... Have. I mean, if you look at the back, there's... Yeah, there's two... It's a two-pager. Two-pager. Um, I don't Boom. know if that's... Uh, and I, yeah. I mentioned that if people need references, they can... Uh, Talk to thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So I don't know if you can give that to someone uh, there, yeah. but I'd love to. Just like I don't know how that happens, but I, I'd like to. I'll do find that. someone at HR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I, I can also, uh, if you need to, I can send that to you, you digitally. Copy. Yeah. You yeah, copy. yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Now you released a new song a few months ago. I did. Called uh, Long Fall. And yeah. I just, why did you feel compelled to release that as a standalone song at the time? What was that song about for you? Uh, I had I had a week off. And uh, so I felt like, let me, let me write. It's kind of what I do. As, as I said, I don't know how to do stuff outside. So really what it comes down to is uh, my hobbies are watching TV and writing music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, you were, had you not had a chance to write up no, until that point? No, oh, okay. I, I hadn't written in a, in a long time. So yeah, so that was uh, just a song that, that I wrote during my week off in November and uh, put it down. It's a pretty cool era that we live in now where you can just do that. Yeah. Just record a song just in my house and then put it up online and just 
So does it stand? You know, it used to be if someone released something like that, we'd be like, oh, an album's coming. That's uh-huh. not necessarily. No, the no, case. that was just standalone. That's a thing. That's that's standalone. Are I can't you, promise an album, but I am writing some more. You're now. writing more. You're not in the stage of recording. Not not in the stage of recording yet. Okay. But I am writing some more. Should should be recording in the spring summer. Okay. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah. How about <laughs> exciting? Um, what else is next? For you per se, do you have any plans? Is there anything going on with Q that people should know about? Oh, that board, man! It just never Changes, s- yeah. stops being full of things. Uh, I can't. I actually can't remember who's uh, coming up next. I just know I'm interviewing this band, uh, Awa, uh-huh. uh, from Israel, and a woman named Marilyn Robinson, Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, that's on Monday. Okay. So I'm reading her book. Now. Oh man, yeah. you got to read the actual books yourself. Oh yeah. Don't yeah. you have people that do the reading and they then you go like, I was reading on page 36, like you could just pretend? That's what I do with this show. I don't listen to anything. I don't read anything, people. I didn't, whatever. No, I take it in, man. I, I, I prepare. That's all I got right now. I got my preparation. It's good, right, to actually yeah. get to read the book. I 100%. think that's, I wish people would send me their books so I could prepare properly for them. The good thing is I don't have to read the whole book. Right. Because you don't want to talk about the end anyways. Yeah, that was my philosophy in school. <laughs> I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> All right, well, I do yeah. appreciate you being here. It's my this pleasure. It's a big, big thrill to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great to uh, see you. You can follow Shad on Twitter, at Shad K Music, and keep up with the show, at CBC Radio Q. Have another hand for Shad! Well, we're out of time, everybody. I just want to say, uh, come out to our next tapings, April 8th and April 9th. At the Drake and uh, rather at the Transac and the Drake and between May 4th and 8th at the Lanya Vanya Festival in St. John's, Newfoundland. You can follow me on Twitter at Vishkana, uh, also at Vish Creative, and uh, Long Winter TO is our festival's Twitter handle. I'd like to thank everyone for being on the show and eating our food and coming out. Thank you very much for being here, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.